Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Welcome to Sports Day with Badge and Sats. Two footy legends covering all things sport for Kia. The new Kia Nero electric SUV range has landed. Thursday night edition of Sports Day. Welcome to it. Scotty Sattler in the Sports Day studio with Woogie here and Gary Belcher. Tonight, coming from the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks home (laughs) studio. Hello, Badge. How are you? Just turning the pages there on our notes. I'm good, thanks. Yeah, um, uh, big night coming up. Lots to get through. Sats has lined up a... Star Shark, a well, a former Shark now, but not for long. Recently retired, yep. uh, to have a chat to us about uh, about Cronulla and uh, yeah, the great club that they are. Yeah, Lukey Lewis uh, joining us uh, real soon. Well done, Sats. Good. It's good to chat to these former players and see what it was like and uh, throughout the time at the Sharks. If you've got a favourite uh, Sharks player, send it through to us. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Sorry, boys, I'm a little bit scattered because I just had some breaking news. Mm. Come through, and I'm just getting all that together. A million things going on at the moment in the Sports Day studio. But Quinton de Kock has apologised for pulling out of South Africa's last game and will return for the rest of the T20 World Cup and will take a knee with his teammates. That's from his statement. That's just been released by Cricket South Africa. So that's big news coming out right now, breaking here on Sports Day. Mm. Thoughts, boys? Well, I think... um First and foremost, many people thought that because he didn't kneel, he was obviously a racist, and that's not the case at all. This is all about not being informed and not being communicated to in, a, in an efficient manner by the South African cricket um, organisation. And I think they've probably had to take a little bit of the blame as well, 24 hours what, later. What is he, why has he said that he didn't do it? Will you, does it say it in that I haven't had a chance release? to read all of it, okay. I'll skim through it. Hang on. It's really well, while, we're, while we're talking about other stuff, you can... Come back with that. But I think that's really important to know what his reasoning was behind not taking a knee in the first place and therefore, um, before we pass any judgment on him. But mm. um, it, it had been speculated that he wouldn't play at all in the tournament and uh, now you're saying, yeah, he'll be back for the next game. So that's very good news for South Africa and for, for World Cricket, for the T20 World Cup. I can read some of the statements uh, to you. He said, I chose to keep my thoughts to myself. I didn't understand why I had to prove it with a gesture when I live and learn and love people from all walks of life every day. When you are told what to do with no discussion, I felt like it takes away the meaning. If I was Mm. racist, I could easily have taken the knee and lied, which is wrong and doesn't build a better society. Perfect response. Absolutely. Mm. A good analogy I read today, someone was saying, um, it's like being told you have to go to church. Well, it defeats the purpose, doesn't it? Mm. If, you, if you're not into it, if you don't want to do it, what's? But you have to go. So, um, yeah, yeah. Well, um, good on Well him. explained. Well explained. It was pretty. Oh, I think, as you said, Sats, definitely cricket South Africa should be issuing an, an apology for the way that they 
uh, broke that on their players very late on the way to the game that they all had to take a knee no matter what. I wagged church on a Sunday night my first week at Nudgee Boarding School. Oh, here he goes again. He's always got to drop the fact he went to boarding school. I, I ba- oh, yeah, I wagged my... Where's my, Nudgee? In Brisbane. I, right. I wagged... Because you've got to go to church every Sunday night. And I wagged it. I put my footy boots on and went kicked the footy on the footy field and nearly got expelled. Oh, is that a Bruce thing saying you went to Nudgy? No, it's not. I think it is. Yeah. Badge, what do you think? It's not. Oh, it, it is. It's a bit of a. It wasn't an enjoyable school. three years of my life, so it's not Bruce. No, it doesn't mean. But you, but you still, drop it mentioned a lot for something. You yeah, didn't you could like. have just said high school. <laughs> I mentioned you could have it later just said private <laughs> boarding school. Yeah, yeah. So you were that bad a kid. Your dad and mum said you were. <laughs> That's exactly what it was, Badge. That's exactly what it was. Do you want to get your cricketing? Um, successes out of the way now? Why no, I'll mention them later. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. God, good. You're going to bring it back later. Yeah, Fantastic. Cool. Uh, 0457 <laughs> 736 736. What do you think about uh, uh, Quentin de Cox's comments there? And what, who's your favourite Sharks player of all time, any era? We'd love your thoughts. Bangers on... and mash. What? Marty Lang, Nathan Long, bangers and mash. Oh, is that what they were called? Yeah. Bangers and mash. Bangers and there smash, they called them. But yeah. Yeah. Gavin yeah. Miller for me. Gavin Miller, couldn't he play? Oh, I went mm. on um, 1989, he toured New Zealand um, with us and with the Aussie side. Oh, gee, what a what – a, I didn't realise how talented he was until I um, was in a side with him. E.T. would be mine. I think um, there was a time that it would have been 99% of the votes for going for the great E.T., especially from the uh, the female audience. But what a champion player he was too. Even the male audience. He was a good-looking dude. Didn't you, but, um, are you – didn't you miss it? Didn't you miss a tackle on him because you just thought, God, you're good looking. What? No, Did- no, I was watching him one day run. <laughs> he went back to fullback. We played them one day for Penrith. He went back to fullback and he got the ball and he was running across field. And I was looking at him going, God, look how handsome he is. Look, look how athletic <laughs> he is. Like he's just. <laughs> yeah, and it was his hair, his mullet was just flowing yeah, back in the breeze. Sudden, and- Hang on, so we've got to tackle him. Um, but St. <laughs> Borders text in 0457 736 736. Gavin Miller, tough as. Uh, when you talk about great Cronulla players as well, um, the great Steve Rogers, yeah, Prince of yeah, Centers. of course he's got to get a mention. Mm. Uh, and and, and you now that 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 other centre combination, um, Mark McGaw and and Et that was outstanding Sparkles, for yeah. many many years. Now Ryan Girdler, who was a tremendous centre for Penrith and Australia and New South Wales, uh, started his career at Illawarra Steelers. He was an amazing attacking player and really never ever struggled with a lot of centres. He used to always say the one centre that he always struggled with was ET badge because he just defensively was just so good. Well, well, I didn't realise how good he was, and, and and on the 1990 Kangaroo Tour, we came up against this one of the greatest English teams of all time, who won the first Test. Now, beforehand, the, all the talk was around how Martin Offier, the great, the fastest and greatest winger in the world, mm-hmm. was just going to rip us to shreds. <laughs> ET had the job of marking marking him throughout the series. ET on the right wing. Off here on the left wing for England. He did not make one centimetre of a break the whole time. E.T. just got up in his face and cut him off every time. I didn't realise he was just one of the great um, defensive players as well as one of the you know the, the most potent attacking players in the game. Mm. Mm. Uh, some uh, texts coming through as well. Uh, Sats massively bruised. It's Clive <laughs> Churchill at Mudgy as well. No, it wasn't Mudgy. It's Nudgy <laughs> with an <laughs> <laughs> How good is that? Uh, some more breaking Polly. news for you as well around uh, rugby league. The Rabbitohs are supporting the Bears, becoming the 18th team. <laughs> this is breaking news, the Savo. Hang on, I didn't even know there's They've applications. Dropped their name. They dropped their name, North Sydney Bears, just to the Bears, like 
the Dolphins, Redcliffe oh, Dolphins have. What? So if Western Australia get a license, the 18th license, they can become the Perth Bears. Well, because that's what I think of when I think Perth. I think of Bears. Because around. the Carnarvon. Well, they've got a they've got <laughs> the a broom a, Bears. They've got a bear. They've got a bit <laughs> over there which is called the Pirates, the right. Perth Pirates or the Western Australian Pirates. So right. they might really? have a bit of a battle on their hands. Yeah. Well, the, the fact that Rabbitohs supporting him, it's a bit of a, a, a payback because the Bears supported South getting readmitted into the uh, into the National Rugby League mm-hmm. after they were kicked out. Uh, oh, Blake Soley right. said his club would welcome the opportunity to assist the Bears' momentum-gaining push. Well, the Bears were their second-tier team. Yes. Their feeder club, yeah. Uh, to become the NRL's 18th franchise. The interesting words there from Blake Soley, momentum-gaining push. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is there a lot of momentum behind the Bears becoming? Oh, there's team? been a, there's been well, a, a bid to get back into the NRL for a lot of years, le- headed up by Greg Fro- Florimo, former Bears great. Well, we should get I wouldn't him on say next it's, week. I wouldn't say it's a lot of momentum. There yeah. is a bit, but it might be gaining it. Mm. Especially people like us keep talking about it. Woogie, you've got a lot of push in the NRL. I, have, so I certainly have. Yeah. Um, tonight, I want to throw this out. Apart Love from the get- jerseys, the North. Yeah, Bears, the North Sydney Bears. Them, yeah. Um, my favourite North Sydney Bears play, Dave Fairley. How big was his melon? Massive head. I worked with him. Massive long head. He was huge. Mm. Who had the biggest head in the NRL? In rugby league, so in rugby league. It's out of him, uh, James Tamo, Sam Burgess up there. We had we spoke to one last night that's got a fair fair melon, big Sammy. Oh, Sammy. He's about some good feedback. Head. Yeah. <laughs> about Sam Backer. He was brilliant. Brent Todd. Biggest chin, Brent Todd. Oh, no. Nate Miles. Yeah, Nate, Nate Miles, yes. <laughs> it's, but, not, it's not, they're long. Like, Daisy Fairley had a long head. Mm. Yeah. Um, apart from your favourite Sharks player and the biggest head in rugby league, uh, <laughs> we want to tonight find out from you. Was there a shark with a big head? You could you could nail it in one there. Gallon? Feeder. Did Gallon have a big noggin? Massive Paul, head. Paul's his name. Gow, yeah. mate. Gow to us New South Wales supporters, mate. Mm. Uh, if you could change the result of any sporting events, what would it be? In any sport. Any sport, any, any era. Sp- any era. Oh, I like that. I'm only going 1991 back. 1991 grand final. Oh, yeah, of course, babe. It's easy for that, isn't it? It's, yeah. Is it change the, change the – The result. The result or a situation that created the result? No? Well, of course. Well, that okay. does change the result. Mm. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'd, I would, I'd like to, cl- to, to change – uh, Trevor Chappell's underarm bowl. Yes, good that's call. a really good one. Really that's good embarrassing. One, isn't it's it? a huge stain on our. Even though it was legal, and he was advised by. Oh, what would Christmas? Yeah. What would Christmas be like after that? We, at the Chappell family, be no backyard. Cricket. I'm the captain. You're the bowler. Just bowl what I'm telling you to bowl. Imagine oh. him, mate. Could you just throw us the sauce? Like <laughs> you just do it overarm, just to annoy him. Now I'm going to. The say, brother Ian still hasn't spoken to either of them. Oh, that's a lie. I know. Yeah. Yeah, I um, I tell you which one I'm changing. I'm changing, and I wasn't there for it. But the 1969 Grand Final, um, because I know how much it just eats at my father. The 1969 Grand Final, they won 67, 68 South, lost 69, 170, 171. So they would have won would have five, in, five a row. in a row. Yeah. And the funny story that came out of that is they were sitting in the um, in the members stand out the front of their the dressing shed before they went in and started getting ready. And the second grade was being played, and the JJ Gilton and Shield, which was handed to the premiers back in the day, was on a stand down the front of the members' uh, stand at the SCG. And the great John O'Neill, God rest his soul, was sitting there with Dad and Gary Stevens, and said, "Seriously, we're kidding that we have to play these cats in a grand final." 
We should just Who were they playing? It was Belmain. We should, ju- we should just go and get the JJ Gilton and Shield, do a lap of honour now, go down to the Cauliflower Hotel and drink schooners. This is embarrassing. Ooh. Ooh. So they ran out about six or seven minutes to go. Dad reckons Lurch lobbed up alongside him. He goes, guess what, Sats? He goes, what? He goes, these cats are going to beat us. <laughs> <laughs> that story. Uh, you know, what, what was that test match where, was it in Adelaide? Who was, fa- was against the West Indies and we just had to hold out for a draw, wasn't it? Or we needed Mike a Whitney. run. Mike Whitney. You had to block out. Yeah. Mm. And he got, no, he did block that out. No, he did. He had no, to block what, it out. was the one where we lost by a run and Alan Border went off in the change room. Mm. What what uh, test was that, guys? Border and Rackerman, was it? Or who was it? Border and... And that we needed a run to win. Whether We had no this chance to This is where win. we need our listeners to help us. Yeah. Who was it? Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. That's one I'd like to change for Ca- Captain Grumpy. Hey, sports update by the way. Farmers Business Network October sale on now. Order online with confidence. FBN.com uh, slash direct. Every uh, Thursday night we finish the show off with a song that we pick, uh, and you vote for Badge. You're throwing up Plastic Bertrand. <laughs> Woohoo! Why? This is for Mitch Pearce. Learn the words of this. That's your first French before you go over and play for Le Catalan. Yeah, not a bad song. Oh, that is... That'll get everyone jumping. This will make everyone depressed. November rain. Why, Sats? Melbourne. First Tuesday in November, Melbourne, raining. This is about a girl Melbourne Cup. I don't know. Mate. Are you predicting rain? Yeah, I'm predicting rain. <laughs> well, it's milk. Oh. Oh. Well, at some point of the day. The rain, there you go. Um, isn't that about a girl who died after her wedding? No, Don't she died of down, a Woogie. particular disease. Oh, of November rain. Right, okay. You want to talk about races? It's got to be the horses from... You can't do it again. I've never Woogie. done it. I haven't done it. You have... That... You, you yeah, done it about yeah. five times. No, not, seriously. You did. The Everest... The Cox Plate, you did it earlier did you in the year off? for the I footy? can't turn it off. So you can't keep playing it's that song. It's turning me off. Oh, mate, it's the first song. time I've uh, done it. Uh, 0457 736 736. Uh, let us know what you'd like us to finish the show with. That's been our sports update, boys, by the way. Uh, Farmers Business Network. October sale on now. Order online with confidence. FBN.com slash direct. Sats, before we go to break. You're talking about that Adelaide test. Um, someone's texting with our name said McDermott. And then the very next one, Linda says, Jeff Thompson boys got out batting with Border. Cheers, NTG. Uh, oh. Border was in the change room because I oh. remember him with the ball in his hand. Remember that, boys? Mm. He threw it at the window. Yeah. I, I reckon it might have been Craig McDermott. I think you yeah. might be right. And he got out. Was it a catch behind or something? I don't... Anyway, someone will know it. Uh, 0457 736 736. Let's get to a break. Uh, Cronulla, well, Panthers and then Cronulla, great. Won a premiership with the Sharks in 2016. And the Panthers. And the Panthers, yes. With Sats. Uh, Lukey Lewis joins us next on Sports Day. Got something to say? Text us anytime. 0457 736 736. This is Sports Day with Badge and Sats. What sort of result can the Roosters get? Oh. Intercepted oh. again! This time from 90 metres, Luke Lewis. Here comes Mitchell. Go, you old thing. Oh. Oh. will not bury them. <laughs> Lewis has got 90. Alert yes, the Vatican. They should make him a saint. I don't know if he's Catholic, but that is absolutely extraordinary. Right. You've witnessed another miracle. 80 last week. 90 this week for Luke Lewis. 
First of all, first question off the top of, of this interview, Luke Lewis, are you Catholic? <laughs> yeah, I am actually. I am Catholic, but uh, it was good to hear that that, that old saying, that uh, call, sorry. It was, uh, I can't believe it. I got the longest try when I was at the back end of my career. Great. <laughs> so what yeah. year was that? That was, I think, 2018. It was my last year. But, Louis, also, you heard Vossi say 90 metres this week because the week before, it was, a, it was a mirror image. You took an intercept the week before, didn't you? Yeah, I was against Manly at home, but I was absolutely knackered. I remember we had about three or four defensive sets, and I was that tired. And then Chatty Townsend yelled out to me, Louis, watch the switch play. I looked up and had the switch play set up that we'd done video on it all week. I thought, I'm just going to go for it here. And, and then I'm getting the intercept and went 80 that week, and I struggled to get there. And uh, the following week, I couldn't believe me luck. But anyway, it's all good. No, nah, it's a great career. 324 games, uh, NRL games. That's outside of your 16 tests and 17 games for New South Wales. And proud Blacktown boys and started with the Panthers. But tonight it's all about the Sharks because Badger's coming out of the Cronulla Sharks studio. And you went there in 2013, Louis, from Penrith. Were you aware of the history surrounding the heartache of never winning a premiership at the Sharks? You know, well, I didn't really think about it too much because I remember when I first came over to the Sharks, I actually, the reason I made the decision to come to Cronulla was um, I had a dream in the middle of the night that I had to go to the Sharks, I was going to win the grand final. So I uh, had a good man in Petro Seventeen said to me, mate, just follow your gut. So I actually followed my gut, believe what he said, and, mate, come over to Penrith and, uh, I mean, over to the Cronulla Sharks and didn't realise, um, you know, how much it actually meant to the community out here. It was unbelievable, but... Uh, they'd always, you know, talk about it when we come out here. There was uh, Chris Hynington and, and Bo Ryan, Michael Gordon, and every time we went had a coffee, he said, "Oh, mate, we're going to we're going to win the grand final this year." And lo and behold, we got we got to win the grand final four years later. But um, yeah, it meant so much to the whole community. Every person out here still today says thank you. And mate, it, it was uh, you know very very special just to be a part of, of a team that wins the grand final. But to realise how much they had waited and how long they had waited to actually win one and bring that trophy home was mind-blowing. Yeah, especially being the first one for the club in 2016. Now, you just turned 20 when you won in 2003. Then, again, like we say, you win in 2016 um, when you're 33. Did you appreciate it a lot more? Oh, I did. Look, I absolutely loved Penrith. I was a Penrith boy uh, through and through. Uh, I watched uh, and supported Penrith as a kid. You were one of my, my heroes and Craig Gower and Ryan Girdler and the list goes on. Reese West on here. I am running out playing with you boys. But when we, I just expected, to, to be honest, that we'd make the semis. Um, you know, very early on, I expected to make grand finals because we did it so much as kids. And I just thought, oh, it's normal, right? Um, and then sort of come in and we had all you guys that were leaders and mate, uh, we won the grand final. I thought, oh, it's all right. We'll get another opportunity next year. We went pretty close, but we missed out obviously in that prelim final against the Bulldogs. But um, I didn't appreciate it as much as I should have. I didn't sit back and enjoy the the moment. Um, I was pretty anal about you know preparation and what I needed to do and, and be, try and come back better next year. And when we found out we got selected in the Australian Kangaroo Tour on the Mad Monday after the grand final, mate, as soon as we, our, our name got caught out, my mindset went from having a beer and enjoying you, you boys and the mateship to going home and start preparing and, and making sure I was fit and ready to go for the Kangaroo Tour. So... Um, mate, if I had my time over again, mate, I'd sit back, relax, enjoy the moment and um, yeah, worry about what was next when it came. But I didn't do that. But I got to do that when I got older. So that experience um, from the first grand final, I was uh, very appreciative of. And, of course, winning that, that comp in 2016 with the Sharks, um, how... how well, you already said how appreciative is the, the community was. But what about the... I want to know about the former players. Are they really well connected to their... 
their former stars. I know see ET out there a bit and Gavin Miller, but do they embrace their former players at, at Cronulla? Now, you know what? I think it could be a lot better. Um, and, and it's definitely going in that direction now where the club uh, are really trying to bring in and keep the old players around and build that community and that culture. Uh, but when I first got there, there, there wasn't, you wouldn't see any of the older players. There was no one around uh, when I first come to the club. So, uh, you know, I was expecting to, to see, you know, people like you know, Jason Stevens and, and Andrew Eddinghausen and, you know, uh, Barry Russell and all these guys around the club all the time. But um, you just never seen it. And uh, ever since Dino Mezzatest has come in, he's slowly starting to bring that back in, making sure that he's got, you know, ex-players around the club because it's good for the young guys and, um, it's also good for the older guys just to keep that relationship with the, with the team that's running around now. But um, when I first came over, there was nothing there. Are you are you looking forward to to what the Sharks are, have got in in front of them? It's been a it was a bit of a lean year, um, but they've with Craig Fitzgibbon coming on board. Um, how much do you know about him? His his coaching your old Origin teammate. Well, you know what I've had a lot to do with. Um, you know, Fitzy, we, we got to play against him. I knew what he was like. I knew what his training ethics were like. Absolutely, you know, first class. I uh, got the kangaroo tour with him. It, it was unbelievable, and he never left any stone unturned. I, I think he's learned a lot. Um, also, with Trent Robinson and being in that coaching role, and I, I can't wait to see how he's going to, you know, thrive in this environment. But he's done some massive things for the club already. You know, um, you know, he's got obviously Dale Finuke and Nico Hines, but you got. A player like uh, Cam McInnes is an absolute freak when it comes to the training park and leadership. Um, I think that the club's going in the right direction at a very fast pace. And I think we'll pick up a couple of other people too over the next sort of six months to 12 months. And, um, you know, I think we'll be pushing pretty close to getting to that grand final again in the next sort of 12 to 18 months. I really do believe that. So, yeah, look, I can't wait to see what Fitzy adds to this um, this group. Uh, and, you know, I've got an opportunity to actually sit with him a couple of weeks ago and sort of have a look at the training schedule and how he sort of um, structured the, the pre-season and it looks tough but also you can tell he's got a real clear direction on you know what our defence is going to look like and how we're going to um, attack the year and it's broken down all the way up until pretty much the first trial game already and we haven't even started yet so it's, uh, it looks pretty amazing but the thing is execution, the players have got to execute it and they've got to buy into mm. what 50 wants and I think you'll get that Now Louis, give us an insight into Jimmy Maloney and why he's such a winner from your 2016 premiership year? Oh, mate, it's easy with Jimmy because we all called him Dory, mate. Like, he doesn't think or dwell on anything, and that's why he wins all the time. He's, you know, you get some players that are, are so classy, but if they do something wrong, uh, they get down, and, and then the game can sort of just leave him by, and, and, and it's gone, and they can't get it back. Uh, with James Maloney, if he makes a, an error... Uh, within you know a second, it's forgotten about. Oh, well, who cares? It's it's part and parcel of the game. We'll start again. And what are we going to do next? Uh, at the same time, mate, he competes at everything. He can train, and he's a loon bag as well, which I absolutely love about him. Uh, nothing's ever too serious, but when it needs to be serious, he switches on. Um, he blows up at people when need to be blowing up at. Uh, but he also, mate, knows how to sort of tip the, the coaches over the uh, <laughs> over the uh, edge uh, when you need it to. So he keeps us, you know, smiling and. And happy, and um, mate, then we just back him whatever he does, and we just knows he'll come up with the right play every time we do it. So, mate, he's just one of those players you love to play with. A uh, bit of a pain in the backside to play against, but playing with, mate, he just ticks every box. And you know what? The other thing about Jimmy is, is he doesn't speak up a whole lot, but when he does speak up, everyone's everyone listens. And in 2016, Grand Final night, Melbourne finally got in front. 
And uh, Jimmy come out and said, mate, look, we knew everything wasn't going to go our way tonight. How we respond? He goes, give me five, de- five of our best defensive set all year, and I promise you we'll win this game. So we went up and kicked off, and we, we nailed the next five defensive sets. We got the ball back in the right field position, and obviously Mickey Annis plays short to uh, Andrew Fafita and he scores. But that all come down to the speech that um, James Maloney gave us when we were behind the line. Everyone's heads were down. No one really knew what to say. You know, how are we going to answer this Melbourne side who are an outstanding defensive side? But uh, Jimmy steps up, doesn't speak a whole lot the whole year, and, and says exactly what we needed to hear, and we just executed it. That's great insight. Great insight. And you mentioned Andrew Ooh. Fafita. And I remember talking to you, Louis, once and saying, tell me what Andrew Fafita's like. And you said, you know, Satsy is one of the most loyal human beings you'll ever come across. But in that 2016 season, what a season he had. Oh, mate, he's a machine. Uh, it wasn't just what he did on the field that year either. Was the way that he applied himself in the off-season, uh, every time he did fitness, mate, big body. I think he was about 118 kilos at the time. And, mate, fitness, he'd be up the front. He'd be leading the fitness drills. Uh, he'd be leading with his action off the field. Uh, mate, he was just a absolute workhorse. And he just knew what he wanted to do and what he had to do for our team to get on the front foot. And, uh, mate, I, I don't know how to explain it. Like, uh, he's... I'd never seen an engine on a fella like Andrew Fafita when he was at his best. Mm. Seriously. He was the, the mm. fittest human being I've ever seen for a big man. And, mate, he just took the, the leadership upon himself. He, he was a leader amongst many. He was only, he was only a young pup, you know. Uh, and that grand final night, he was outstanding. But the whole season, mate, he was he was someone that we relied on all the time. If something was going down, we needed him to come up with a big carry off a kickoff or, you know, come up with a big carry, get us on the front foot and get some momentum for us. He was a man that stuck his hand up. Uh, and then Matty Pryor followed along with it and, Mate, those two blokes, um, you know, obviously Andrew Fafita gets a lot of, you know, spoken about a lot, but Matty Pryor doesn't get spoken about a whole lot. But those two, by far, the best front rowers in the comp that year. Mm. And, and of course, um, Paul Gallon, you know, playing in that, uh, in that third um, hit-up role and playing the full game quite often. Uh, just like Andrew Fafita, kind of polarises people, you know. There's a lot of people... Uh, the, the real fans love them, but people don't, you know, they dislike them or hate them. Do you find yourself defending those guys a lot because people just don't really understand, you know, or, or know, know them as well as you do? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's a, that's a, uh, you know, there's a lot of people outside looking in that, you know, don't really like uh, or, you know, I've got bad things to say about people, but, mate, you don't realise what uh, these guys do behind the scenes and uh, how much they sacrifice to make sure that we'll... Uh, getting on the front foot so you're always uh you know going to bat for them but mate um you can't really explain it to people until you play with people like that if that makes sense yeah. um I, I know, and i'm not just saying because sats is on the phone but i mate, like, playing with sats every week week in week out you just knew what you were going to get and you knew that if you know someone ragdolled me you know from the wing the first bloke that would be there would be you know scott sattler or, or tony puller tour or you know these blokes would just come over and look after you and uh that's just the mateship that you build up from the off season and um, yeah, look, I, I can't speak a bad word about it because seriously, what they did for our team all year and the sacrifices that they made were just mind blowing. Yeah, and and they teach they teach you as a young kid coming through about who, how you educate those younger players as you get older. And I'm sure you did. Well, I've heard so many raps from uh, um, younger players about you, um, Luke. Can, can I just ask you who your? It's it's a bit of a weird question, but I get asked about the Raiders, and I did last night. Who's your favourite Sharks player? We've we had a lot of people texting in tonight, but who's your favourite? It could be someone who's a, a player before you or still playing or even one, one of your teammates. You know, I'm, I, I have to say someone that I played with as a Sharks player and he brought back the love of the game for me, uh, Mick Ennis. Um, 
Mate, I remember when he first signed uh, with the Sharks, uh, I think it was 2015, he rings me up in the off-season and goes, mate, I'm pumped to be, you know, come and play with you over the next two years, but, you know, we've got to take our pre-season to another level this year. So we started, you know, doing our off-season training by ourselves and um, he said, everything we do, we've got to lead the fitness, you know. So uh, he just, um, you know, pretty much grabbed me and um, I sat right beside him in everything we did and, you mm. know, he, he brought the best out of me, um, and then he also we built this beautiful little combination with a, a back rower and a, a hooker, a dummy half. We just knew how to read each other just by spending time, I suppose, away from the game. But um, mate, he, he was my uh, favourite Sharks player by far. Uh, purely, again, like I said, just the love of the game and the way he brought it back to me and made me appreciate, you know, everything I got. But you got to, you know, realise that all the hard work's done before you get on the field and I just needed someone to give me that extra drive again uh, as I was getting mm. older and, and he was a man that done that. Louis, there's also another bit of uh, Panthers flavour as well at, at the Sharks and of course Wade Graham who was younger than you and came through as a really successful junior coming through the Panthers but was at the Cronulla Sharks as well when you arrived and it's both back rows you had two completely different games didn't you which really complemented the side. Yeah, absolutely. I think that was uh, you know something we spoke about. Oh, we, we never spoke about while we were doing it, but you know, we I'm a big believer in, in you know in a really good team. You need someone who does something different all over the park. And yeah, Wade Graham, he was playing in the back row, but he was a bit like a five eight in the back row's body who would sort of play, like to play down short side, set up little um, you know shapes off him, and, and look for a nice little kick down an edge. Whereas I was more about okay, I just got to bang holes, try and create the space out the back for Benny Barber. If they bite in on me, well, Benny Barber's got three on two. If they don't bite in on me, well, I'm going through untouched. Sort of, that's how we sort of, um, you know, had it set up. Uh, but I'll be honest with you, the best challenge that I had all year was against Wade. You know, me and Wade at training, left the right, uh, was probably the best preparation we could have going into any game. I was coming up against one of the, you know, the, the best uh, young back rolls in the game. It was always keeping me on my toes. I had to make sure that our right edge defence was always on song because we had a ball player coming at us and we knew how to defend, you know, most uh, situations that come at us. And Wado says the same thing, you know, like we, I remember grand final week, mate, me and Wado are up in each other's face and we love each other. But we're up in each other's face trying to get the best out of each other, you know, almost getting into blues because we knew what was on the line and uh, we need to be better. So, you know, I was making breaks and he was making breaks and our edges were stuffing up and um, yeah, lo and behold, come grand final night, we executed on the edges perfectly. Mm. Now, post-career, you're in, your, in commentary with the ABC and you, you enjoy that, that facet of your retirement? No, it's actually, I love it. I really do. It's my it's the ultimate uh, dream job for our footy. I'm in a great team. Uh, I get to go to all the games, obviously, you know, run into people like yourself and you know, all, all different players that you play with or played against in the, um, you know, in the back of the boxes and you get to talk at half time and, and you know, sort of get a feel for how they're seeing the game. Mate, you, you couldn't ask for a better job, so I'm absolutely love that. And, and I've also you know, got an opportunity to give back to, to young kids out Western Sydney, which is absolutely going amazing. We've got 26,000 ki- 26, kids that are going through our, um, you know, our uh, Super 6 um, uh, training program out West and, it, and it's absolutely fine. And to see these kids, the way they change and you know, what we're all about is you know, coaching behaviours first. It's Absolutely mind-blowing. So, mate, life's pretty good at the moment. I, I can't complain, and uh, here I am still living in beautiful Cronulla, so happy days. All right, there's the man who played nice. uh, 116 games for the Sharks, and that story you told about James Maloney in the grand final gave Sats and I in the studio chills. Amazing story, Lukey Lewis. Mm. Thanks for sharing it with us on Sports Day.
Not too easy, boys. Thanks for having me, and uh, yeah, look forward to chatting soon. Great chat. Well done getting uh, Louie, a great player for the Cronulla Sharks. Fantastic. And a great player for New South Wales and Australia as well. This He's is a great Sports play Day. for Penrith. Yeah, he, was a Pen- he was a Penrith junior. Oh. No one ever thought he was going to get dragged from Penrith. He actually signed with South, you know. Did he? Yeah, and he, he backflipped when you're allowed to, when you had that window. What to... a mongrel. <laughs> I don't like him. <laughs> he did too. Yeah, he, he started at Penrith too, yeah. and then went back went to Cronulla. Why didn't yeah. you mention that before? You wouldn't have got him on. Yeah, you wouldn't have got him on. He could have won a premiership in 2014 and 16. Exactly. There you go. He's lost. Uh, this is Sports Day for the new Kia Nero. We'll better get to a break. This is Sports Day with Badge and Sats. For Kia, the new Kia Nero electric SUV range has landed. Welcome back to Sports Day here with Badge and Sats. Uh, Thursday night, uh, taking your text on 0457 736 736. Just before we get to those text messages about numerous things, uh, the breaking news that came out just as we went on air, Quentin de Kock from South Africa uh, will be available for the remainder of the T20 uh, World Cup uh, and will take a knee. Uh, he's made that, uh, that decision and put out a pretty good statement. You can find it anywhere online tonight and explains um, why he did what he did. Uh, and Sats, your microphone's not on. Uh, I just want to say there's uh, some news around from Pete Bedell from the Courier-Mail about Big Tino and the Titans. Yeah, well, the Titans are always going to find it difficult to try and retain Tino Fasul Malawi, who is able to talk to other clubs as of November 1. Now, with a new team just up the road from the Gold Coast Titans, the Dolphins, of course, he would be a priority Choice Sunshine Coast boy, or Gimpy, Gimpy boy, boy, isn't he, Sats? Yeah, which is a couple Gimpy hours boy. north Family of Family still lives on a farm out in Gympie. Um, and the Titans, I'm led to believe, that they've, they've come to the realisation they're going to find it really difficult to keep him. So they've tabled a, th- a three-year deal worth upwards of around – have we got a price yet, Jace? Uh, just about three mil. There's the lure of Wayne Bennett. That's the that's the real lure to players, to go and play with Wayne Bennett. The, the biggest concern Whoa. is that Wayne <laughs> – <laughs> the biggest concern for some of these young players, they'll learn a lot, but Wayne won't be there for five, six years down the track. So um, We were of... saying that a few years ago, Sats, but yeah. he's still going and he's 71 mm. and he's uh, he might still be there in five years. Yeah. You never know. Hey, boys, it's got to get to some text. We've got, a mou- we've got millions of them coming through tonight on, on, on 0457 736 736. One of the topics is uh, which sporting events result would you like to change? Reverse, whatever you want to do with it. I mentioned a cricket game where Craig, um, not Craig, Alan Border, the captain of the Aussies, threw the cricket ball at the glass window when we lost or threw it down. 93 West Indies. Was it against the Windies? And who were the batsmen? In Adelaide. So we've got a lot of of, uh, listeners have texted in. There's Maddie, Graham from Carrying Bar, Dazza, the Dragon, uh, a few others that have gone unnamed. It was, they had to score one run for a draw, last wicket stanza, and it was McDermott and Tim May. McDermott, ah. Courtney Walsh bowling, caught behind, ball came off Wasn't the out. Was not out. <laughs> Where did it come off? Come off the His helmet. His elbow. Helmet. Helmet. The helmet. <gasps> Where, see, that's when you needed, uh, what are they, what's the video so there thing? You go. There's the a, What's he called? There's a, uh, there's, there's, <laughs> Third umpire? A, there's an incident Third in the game that if you could reverse it. That's right. And yes. We've got some, a few but Tim Payne would have used, well. Tim Payne would have used all our challenges by now. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> The 89 grand final, this is from Tigers fan, 89 grand final, uh, make the crossbar a foot lower. <laughs> so, <laughs> Val Maiman, of course, Benny Elias' field goal badge. Well, still would have lost. 
Wow. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, no, they wouldn't. They would have got us. Also, uh, in relation to big heads, we've got uh, a few texts coming through from big heads. Uh, Peter Spring and Keefe Cole hit the line locked together in the biggest bonnet award. <laughs> the measurements are the circumference and from under the chin to the top of the head. This pair, pair were severely aesthetically challenged. <laughs> That's Adrian Dural. Um, yeah, and in relation to uh, in relation to other events where you'd, you'd like to uh, change the outcome or the incident within a game, uh, Terry Lamb hitting Ellery Hanley on the chin in the eighty-eight grand final. Of course, Ellery yeah, isn't Hanley it amazing? The there's field. there's no vision of that. I've I've never, never seen, seen it. Have you never seen it? I've I wasn't it. watching the game. I was in England playing. Yeah, in, I'd just gone to England the week before to play over there, and I've never seen. Oh, it, you just don't see where. Bar clocks him with his – was it a swinging arm or something? Yeah, Got him so in the chin. Robot from Dremoyne, he uh, – what happened? He hits him with his left hand and hits him flush on the button, right on the button. Yeah. Yeah, the pearl. Biggest player of the game. Mm. What about – have we got any for uh, greatest Sharks players of all time? Uh, Andrew Fafita should have won the Clive Churchill in 2016. This is Ben Huxley from Griffith. Uh, had $50 <laughs> on him as well. I thought – even though he's a oh. good mate of mine, I thought Lewis's game was unbelievable that day, 80 minutes. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of votes for Evening Gents. The Mercurial Sludge, this is from Rooster Muzz. Not only my favourite, but I say the greatest shark of them all. And without doubt, one of the greatest outright of all time. An absolute tragic loss and a true champion. What about Rooster Muzz. The, the bloke that took them to their first grand final, Tommy Bishop. Tommy Bishop and, and big Cliff, Cliff Watson. Yeah. The big bomb and the tiny little one. Mm. Great players. Lots of votes for Steve Rogers, of course. And... Uh, Airsy from uh, the Gold Coast. What, what's he saying about Steve Rogers there, Sats? Steve Rogers and Barry Andrews were our A-grade coaches at the Narang Roosters in 88 and 89. Oh, mm. Not bad at all. Yeah, there so uh, we've also got uh, Evening Gents. If I could change any result, it would be the so-called penalty given to Italy against Australia in the World yes. Cup. Yes. That was on Lucas Neal, I think. You're right, yeah. Didn't even touch them. Mm. We would have won that World Cup because they went on to win it, remember? They did. And for, <laughs> and for the best player of all time for the Sharks... This is from Gunner. Stay safe, Dane Sorensen. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorensen Brothers. Gun right. player, Dane and Kurt. No votes for Paul Gallon yet? There's no votes for you. There's another one here for if they would change something, and this is Dave from Mittagong. The biggest change for me would be re-signing Sonny Bill Williams. It costs the dogs some good players instead. Mm. All righty. Keep your text messages come, coming through 0457 736 736. Lots to get through tonight. When we come back, uh, Chris Nelson had a blinder of a – a Saturday last week. Let's see if he can ret- uh, continue that form this weekend. He joins us next on Sports Day. Thanks to Kia. Got something to say? Text us anytime. 0457 736 736. This is Sports Day with Badge and Sats. This is Sports Day with Badge and Sats. For Kia, the new Kia Nero electric SUV range has landed. On Sports Day, time for a racing Queensland update. Queensland is your place to race this year. Look, there's four Group 1s, as Chris is going to tell you in just a sec, uh, in Melbourne, uh, in Flemington, I should say. On Saturday, there's a massive race, the Golden Eagle on in Sydney on Saturday as well. And there's a Queensland connection in that, Chris. There certainly is, Jace. We've got Apache Chase, of course, trained by Desley Forster, ridden by uh, Jim Byrne to go around in the Golden Eagle. $7.5 million in prize money. 
Let's hope they can bring home some of that to uh, to Queensland on but Saturday Chris, night. What I like about this race, though, we talked about it earlier on Sports Day with the boys. Ten uh, percent of the prize money goes to charities nominated by that horse or the owners. Yeah, and if you look, yeah, and if you have a look at the Racing Australia website, it's got all the different charities there next to each uh, each horse's name. So yeah, it is a fantastic idea. And ten percent of that prize money works out to be a, a fair amount of money, doesn't it? Oh, and a nice tax write-off too, just quietly. Don't, yeah, mind you, yeah, that's right. I would consult a professional. I wouldn't take my advice if you're a trainer on, in that or a connection or the horse itself. No? No. You sure? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> the next question I've got on the list here, this is from Sats. Did the horse uh, select the charities? But I think that's just being a little bit silly. Rightio, moving on. Oh, I uh, think you're right. What's happening around Queensland? Uh, we've got meetings across the, uh, the weekend, of course. We've got a big day Saturday. We race at Eagle Farm. We race at the Gold Coast. We race at Bow Desert. And we race at Toowoomba. Plus, there's many, many other uh, country meetings going ahead on Saturday too. Don't forget Cairns on Sunday. And uh, we discussed yesterday how many meetings we've got on Tuesday for Melbourne Cup. So I think there was 12 race meetings. So you should be, if you're nearby one of those spots that they're racing at, get out and enjoy yourself. It'll be party time on Tuesday afternoon. Uh, sounds like it'll be a ripper. Rightio, Chris. Uh, enjoy the weekend. Oh, have you got a tip? Sorry, got a tip? Uh, look, this might get out to a, a good price. It's currently a little bit in the red, but race one, number two at Eagle Farm on Saturday, Big Musky for Steph Thornton and Tony Gollan, I think can kick off uh, the big day on a uh, winning note. So race one, number two, Big Musky. And if I was going to go with anything else, uh, one there at a bit of odds, race five, number nine, B Water, my friend. Interesting name. B Water, my friend. First up at right. the Yep. Be water, my friend. Okay. Uh, good first up run at the Sunshine Coast under uh, difficulties. Around about double figures, something each way. It wouldn't get carried away, but I'm very keen on that first one. All righty, mate. Uh, Queensland, of course, is racing. The action continues this week across the Sunshine State. Visit racingqueensland.com.au. Uh, we'll chat to you Monday. Will do. Thanks, Jase. Chrissy Nelson there on Sports Day. Uh, your texts are flying through tonight, 0457 736 736. Sat's got a couple there for us. Yeah, Busby boys talks about changing results. Details are a little patchy, but the Tigers Rabbitohs grand final in the early days when Tigers didn't show up as a protest because the game was a curtain raiser to a rugby union game, declared as a forfeit. That was 1909. It was the curtain raiser to a test match, rugby union game. And yeah, Belmay didn't turn up. South did. Uh, they just had to kick the ball off, and then they got declared the premiers. And then Balmain tried to get the game played at a later date, and it was refused. So, wow. yeah. Um, also, we're getting a, a lot of favourite Sharks players. Danny Nutley, despite being a midget, lightweight, <laughs> was a gritty prop forward. That's Adrian. Played to Queensland. He did too. Jonathan Docking, Michael Speechley. What about Dally M winners, Barry Russell? Yeah. Paul Green. Paul Green won it. 1994, he won the Dally M. His first year in Sydney, Paul Green. It was the first year John Lang went to Sydney 95. from Brisbane. 94. Woogie's, Woogie's boyfriend won it in 94. Who? David Fairley. Oh, oh he did too, yeah. Come on, you talk about him every night. <laughs> I'm just impressed by the size of that melon of his, that's all. He's a massive melon. It's a massive melon. <laughs> uh, keep your text messages coming in. 0457 736 736. Your favourite Sharks player of all time. Uh, a sporting event result you'd like to reverse or change, which is probably the same thing. And uh, who's got the biggest head in rugby league? All that to come. <laughs> this is Sports Day. Thanks to the new Kia Nero. Back shortly.
Got something to say? Text us anytime. 0457 736 736. This is Sports Day with Badge and Sats. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.